0: Mic check one two one two, mic check one two one two, mic check
1: check, one
0: two one two. Let's get started. I'm smoking a what's this? A Perdomo Perdomo Reserve Champagne, 10th anniversary cigar, and I'm still drinking the Uncle Nurse 1884 small batch of whiskey, I'm drinking this until I finish it. After all I went through to get this damn bottle, <laughs> I'm going to drink it until it's done. Um, if you first time listen to, you go back to the, what, two episodes ago, and I explain all that I went through to get this damn bottle. <laughs> but the cigars good, though. The um, Uncle Nearest whiskey is good it def- it definitely tastes better than uh jack Daniels. um oh. black on uncle nurse is a black owned uh whiskey company i haven't got any uh cigars from a black owned cigar company yet i'm waiting to uh, finish all the stuff that's that i got in the house first before i order from one but i got some um i found a few of them so I'll order from them soon. Hopefully, I don't have any um, hiccups or anything like that. But let's get started with the show. It's a taste to consider podcast. I'm your host, Derek Silver, and I'm back. Back for another episode. Back to discuss whatever I feel like discussing <laughs> um, you know how I go if you are <clears throat> avid listener you know how I go, I just talk about whatever talk about whatever's on my mind, whatever touches me whatever I feel like bringing awareness to a lot of it deals with mental health, mental awareness self-awareness but I talk about everything, so this this is not a show just about mental health, but I, I come off on the aspect of mental health. Because I feel like everything starts with the mental first. And after that, everything else follows. But this should be a good show. Um, this is a show that just popped up. Um, if you've been listening for a while, you know... I have stuff already planned, outlined, and ready to go, but things always pop up, and I just feel like I got to talk about it, and this particular episode is one, but. Taking a few puffs of this cigar. And. I appreciate everybody who listened to the last show, Circumcised Minds. I know it threw <laughs> through a lot of people for a loop. <laughs> but you know, I told y'all from jump, if you've been an avid listener, that you know, I was gonna talk about everything, everything that's in my mind, everything I think about, you know what I'm saying? Just just anything. Um, that's just me. I just gotta be me on this podcast, and I got a lot of feedback from this episode. I'm surprised, but not surprised at the same time. <laughs> um the episode was was kind of different from you know what I've been recording but I mean shit like I've been saying you know I'm gonna give you everything and um the more and more that I'm doing this podcast the more and more that I'm saying that you know I'm gaining a lot of more confidence in myself and you know being more transparent this is this is healthy for me as well. you know this is like an extra form of therapy for me. you know, I got my regular therapy that I go to, which I have Monday. Thank God I ain't got no homework, <laughs> but this is extra therapy for me you know it's, it helps me build my confidence and stuff like that, you know, being more transparent um about the things that I've gone through, things that I go through um you know, just being more of myself and being able to display more of myself to the world. And the last show definitely was very transparent. And, you know, that's that's the feedback that I got from a lot of people. And a lot of people said that it was educational. I was being very transparent. A lot of people said they was proud of me and stuff like that. And initially when I... When I got the feedback that I was getting, it it was making me uncomfortable because it was like I didn't look at it like it was a big deal or anything. Cause um, I'm not gonna say what I talked about. For if, if there's any first time listeners, I want y'all to go back and listen to Circumcised Minds, and then y'all understand what I'm saying. But yeah, <laughs> I mean, I just looked at it like it wasn't a big deal because it was something. It's something that I've lived through with my whole life, and it's just like you know. I'm, in, I'm getting to the point now, the more and more that I go to therapy, the more and more uh, work that I do on myself, uh, shadow work, and the child work, just work period, um, you know, breaking cycles, you know, family cycles and um, societal cycles and stuff like that. Honestly, I just don't give a fuck no more. <laughs> and then, I mean, excuse the language and, you know, I'm just being straight up for real. I just... I just don't care no more what you know what people think about me. And you know, I reflect sometimes, I sit back and I I I be like, damn, I wish I had thought that way in the past. But you know, it is what it is. You know, I'm glad that I'm I'm going through all this stuff and I'm I'm where I'm at in my life, uh mentally, emotionally. Um I'm stronger mentally and I'm stronger emotionally. And I just don't care, honestly. I really don't. And it's not to be and it's not that I don't care in a in a, a mean way, or anything, but I'm just to the point where <clears throat> I'm building my confidence. I don't care what anybody thinks of me. Um, you know I just, you know, I'm just I'm just trying to be myself. I'm trying to grow, continue growing, continue evolving. And I just don't care. You know, I don't anybody stands in my way, it's just, you know what I'm saying, you you will be left behind. That's just how I'm feeling. You know, I'm, but, it, you know, I still got to jump over some hurdles. But the the mindset, the goal, the focus is that, you know, I just got to keep doing me. And, you know, actually, I'm proud of myself. And the more and more that I, I, I had a chance to sit back and, excuse me, to go to early burps, the more and more that I had a chance to sit back and just think, about the feedback that I got from the last episode, you know, I understand because I had to sit back and just and think. You know, like a couple of years ago, I probably wouldn't have revealed what I re- what I revealed, but you know, it is what it is now. You know, I'm just on a, a forward pathway. You know, I'm just I'm just like fuck it. You know, it is what it is. You know. You can think of what you want, I just don't care. <laughs> I just don't care. I just gotta keep moving because the way that I'm feeling, the more and more that I'm you know reaching different levels and having my different transformations, my different awakenings spiritually, mentally, and emotionally, you know it feels so much better, you know, and the more and more that I get that feeling inside, the more and more that I want it you know it's like a it's almost like a drug, you know instead of the me fiending for the things externally, I'm feeling for the things internally. You know, so I just, you know, I'm just on a different, different mindset right now. But it's a it's a clip that I forgot to play from the last episode, and I was blown that I didn't play it because it was just it was a funny clip, and it went with the episode and everything. So I'm gonna I'm gonna start off and, and play this clip real real quick. All right, here you go.
1: I mean, I'm just happy he's circumcised. <gasps> what if I get somebody who's not circumcised?
2: Run out of the <laughs> room screaming. It's like finding a gun in the street. Just scream and get out of there. No way. You guys, uncut guys are great.
0: Really?
2: Oh, they're always so <laughs> nice to you because they know their dicks are gross. How do I
3: handle it? <laughs> Wait, oh, I'll,
2: I'll show you. just touch it? Here, uh-uh, let me kick you. Do you mind for a second? What? Just imagine for a second that this is this is the hood of the uncut cock. And then this is the penis face, mm-hmm. okay? So what you would do is very gently, you would just kind of try to peel it back over like that to expose the head of the cock. Okay. And then you would just just gently, you wanna, sorry, honey, you just wanna kinda, like it gets a little tight, and you gotta kinda work it, you know, gotta work it off. And then you just go to town, like it's a, you know, ugh. You know, you jerk it off till you want to sit on it. Okay. What do I do with this? Like, do what? I put in a hair clip or do I just? No, 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 no. This, this, you can flick it, suck it. You know, rub your face on. I don't want do to I want to rub my face on it. Okay, well, take care of this though. Okay. Because this is like a big, giant man clit, this right here. If you work this, it's gonna be like, ah, oh. does that okay. make sense, honey? Yeah, it's great. Thank okay. you, honey. Oh, Thank sure, sure, sure.
1: You. I'm not gonna wear this sweatshirt ever again. <laughs>
0: Yeah, <laughs> and that was a, a clip that I found on YouTube uh, from Bad Moms. It says, Bad Moms official clip, uncircumcised. So I said I wasn't going to talk about what the last episode was about, but if you listen to that clip, you get the gist. But still go back and listen to the uh, last podcast, because I talked about a. Uh, um and entailed a, a documentary that I watched, American Circumcision. So go go back, listen to that that episode, Circumcised Minds. Um, I'm just trying to bring awareness out there. People always, you know, people that that don't know me always be like I, I'm I'm real quiet or or I'm so serious and stuff like that. And you know what I'm saying? Fuck that. I like to have a good time and whatever. But this podcast is about me bringing self-awareness to a lot of things and. You know, so it is what it is, you think what you want, but yeah, that was the last clip that was a clip that I forgot to play, but yeah, that show was hilarious but um before I get into the main topic, let me talk about some stuff that you know um some other stuff that I checked out since the last time we've uh met um. I watched the Beyoncé movie uh, Black is King and it was real good. I ain't going to lie. It was real good. A lot of people know that I ain't isn't I guess you could say I'm not a fan of Beyoncé, but I, I had to think about it. It's not that I'm not a fan of Beyoncé. I just don't really like the like how people worship her. And I don't like how people worship celebrities. Period. And I had a, another episode about uh, a past episode about that called uh, "Who Do You Believe In"? Check that out. But it was a, the Beyoncé John, "Black King" was real good. Um, I watched it on my projector in my basement, so I had a you know a, a larger view, a larger clear view HD, and the imagery was real good. It had a lot of symbolism in it and stuff. The music was good, so it was good for you know uh, entertainment purposes, symbolism purposes. It was real good, so I'm pretty sure a lot of people checked it out because I was getting annoyed by seeing all the posts and stuff on <laughs> social media when it came out, but um, yeah, it was real good. Um, no hate, no shade, and nothing like that. It was real good. Real good entertainment, symbolism, and stuff like that. But another show um, <clears throat> that I've been watching lately was the No Limit Joint that... that uh, that's on B E T. It's five episodes in it. So far they done four. Um so they got one more episode. And I know it's been coming on Wednesday nights. But yeah. That's a good that's been a good ass show. And I like it when they do uh documentaries and stuff like that where they do like episodes instead of having like but I like I like uh documentaries that's like a full movie too, but like documentaries that deal with um like musical groups or musical acts and stuff like that, businesses. I like it when they do episodes, so you know you you get more time with it. So, <clears throat> like I said, it's, it's been four episodes so far, and they've been an hour each, so they have had time to go through like uh, more of the No Limit Empire and the Master P and how he started No Limit and stuff like that. So I really like that because you get a longer period of it, so it's just not you don't feel like you. Like the whole documentary has been rushed and stuff. But check that joint out because it's real good. And like, I got to give a lot of credit to Master P on, you know, how he went about his business and stuff like that. But I ain't going to lie, but I've been watching uh, Growing Up Hip Hop with uh, the one with Romeo on it. I think it's uh, Growing Up Hip Hop LA. And Master P been acting real funny on that joint, the way that he's been inserting himself in some of the business. And that kind of like turned me off because he's a grown adult, like inserting himself into the business of those kids or whatever. And it's not like he's like giving advice. It seemed like it's like catty stuff. But I, I ain't trying to hate. It. I'm just telling you how I, how I, how I analyze it and how I perceived it or whatever. But it, you know, growing up hip hop is a good little reality show. But that No Lemon joint, man, that joint was real good. And I like watching stuff like that when I see dynamics of. <clears throat> groups and stuff like that because um like I never really understand the dynamics of groups and working together and stuff like that even though you know me you know being in school and having jobs and stuff like that you work in groups but when it but I never really understood like the real dynamics of it until I like did it started doing my group podcast, the U and U podcast, unproductive and unapologetic with uh, my boys, and and like I really understand how like egos and, and stuff like that gets involved into it and stuff like that, it should be crazy, but yeah, it's still a good show though. Um, Let's take a sip, but yeah, the NBA season is, is back up, they in the bubble, and I've been trying my best to get into it, but it's been very difficult to get into it because, you know. It's like they don't have no fans and stuff. So it's like I'm I'm sitting there watching scrimmages and stuff and I just it's just been hard for me to get into. But I'm sure I'll get into it once they get into the the playoff aspect of of the season. That's that's pretty much usually even even like, you know, before the corona happened and stuff, like I will watch regular season games, particularly like the Washington Wizards. And any team that Carmelo played on, because <laughs> Carmelo was uh, uh my favorite player um in the current in the current uh era of the NBA. Um but yeah, this season it's just kinda weird, you know, just watching them play and they ain't got no fans. They got the virtual fans up there and stuff, but it's just like I'm watching scrimmages, so I can't it's hard for me to get into. And plus the Wizards, they some trash, but <laughs> That is what it is. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm sure I'll get into it once they start getting into the playoff aspect of the season. And um Yeah, so if you've been paying attention, I know y'all seen the stuff going on with Allen and you know the with the discrimination and um they was talking about the the culture there and stuff with the some of the workers and racial uh discrimination and stuff like that. And I mean the only thing I gotta say about that is I mean I'm not surprised because 2020 has been letting you know been revealing a lot of stuff. I mean you got like the Washington Redskins which is now the Washington football team <laughs> and I'm in the DMV and that's been my My team since I've been alive, you know my father been a big uh, Washington fan, football team fan, and you know they've came out with this stuff with the the culture and the um, a lot of just harass, sexual harassment and stuff like that, or allegations and stuff, and just all the things that's been going on in 2020. So I'm not surprised that that something like this is happening because you know, like, I, like I've like i said plenty of times on some of the previous episodes, 2020 is going to be a year for us that's going to have us facing a lot of BS, facing a lot of ourselves and things that we need to change, things that, you know, that we need to confront. And we've seen that with the George Floyd stuff. They still protest, protesting and stuff out there. I haven't been keeping up with it because that's, you know what I'm saying? It's been like, Draining me and stuff, so I've been taking a break from it. But I know they're still out there protesting, so I mean, that's a good thing. And it's just going to be more and more stuff. And then you got the stuff with Trump, Joe Biden, the election coming up in November. Everybody, you know, well, I ain't gonna say everybody, but majority of the black, black people saying, you know, vote for Biden to get Trump out there. But I'm just not with that. Voting for the lesser two evils type thing. And I'm not saying that I'm going to vote for Trump. And I'm not saying I'm going to vote for Biden. I mean, I'm an independent. But, you know, I just don't like the fact that we just swing so fast to just going to Biden just because we don't want Trump in office. And I've said this plenty of times to people. I feel like it's a great thing that Trump is in office because it's revealing more and more of the bullshit. That's in the world and stuff that we need to confront. And I feel like Trump, he's not a politician, so he's not going to play that politically correct game. But Biden is, and we know, and well, I ain't going to say we know, I know about Biden and his history with the crime bill and a lot of other stuff, controversies that he has with, you know, uh, um, sexual harassment allegations and stuff like that. And I'm just like, you know what I'm saying? We got so much power in this world, you know. It's so mu- it's so many of us, and we just so quick to to give our power to an individual or a, a set of individuals, and it just it just bothers me that we keep doing this. But you know, to each his own. You gotta do what you gotta do. However you feel, I know there's a lot of people that disagree with me, but I'm just not with that. <laughs> Voting for the less of two evils. And if um, if you have a chance, check out W.E.B. Du Bois. He talked about this back in the day when um, he wrote about voting for the less of two evils. So check that out, you know, and see what you think about that. But, you know, I know it's a lot of people that's... They're setting their ways of, you know, doing the norm of, you know, black people just sitting there voting for Democrats and stuff like that. <clears throat> and there's a lot of fear in that as well. People got a lot of fear and a lot of anger and they like, I ain't going to vote for Trump. But I'm not saying I'm going to vote for Trump, but I wouldn't be mad if Trump is still in, in office after November happens because I feel like... This stuff needs to keep happening. You know, change is only gonna happen when it's confronted directly to you. And I feel like that's what 2020 is. And you know, 2020 is the complete mirror of ourselves collectively as well as individually. But um yeah, with the with the Allen stuff though, what I found interesting was, you know. The divide when it comes to celebrities, um, giving her support and other celebrities coming out and saying that you know, Ellen has been an asshole to her and their staff. Her staff has been an asshole to her. But one thing that I paid attention to more was like a situation when Kevin Hart came out and supported Ellen. You know, he got like backlash from that, and. What I found interesting about that situation was the fact that, you know, Kevin Hart was so quick to jump to Ellen's defense and, and saying, you know, he knows her and, you know, he knows what type of person she is. He supports her. And I kind of feel like he shouldn't have did that because that's invalidating, you know, the the amount of people who, who have said that, you know, they've had, terrible situations with her. You know, it's one thing for you to have <clears throat> excuse me, burp number two burp number three, excuse me it's cool for him to say that he's had you know, good experiences with Ellen and stuff, but he's basically on the same level, level of, as Ellen, if not, you know uh above her. When you talk about perception wise and celebrity wise but when when it comes down to it and I I mentioned this a little bit on the last podcast when I talked about Kanye it's hard to humanize certain celebrities when you know when they when they come off as being above people who are who are not celebrities or who are not quote-unquote on their level celebrity wise or you know just money wise or status wise yeah that's that's the better word status wise, but you know everybody can do what they want to do you know it's their it's their own thing um but the the main topic of you know this episode, and I'm kinda still wrestling with the title of this episode I'm going between um Willie Lynch, 2020, or still lynching. Um, but I forgot what what brought me to to this particular topic. But it was something I don't know if it was something that I saw on social media, or something that I was watching on TV that brought me to this topic. But basically, like I, I knew about the the Willie Lynch quote-unquote, syndrome. But something brought my attention to it more to the to the point where I ordered the, the book off of Amazon. It was like $4. But you can find it online. I found that out after I paid for the book, but it, it's all good. $4. I paid for the book, and it's titled uh, The Willie Lynch Letter and the Making of a Slave. And I got the book, it was delivered. I opened it up, and it's it's a small book because it was it's only like it's pretty much uh, like a letter or a speech. And this particular book was like 27 or 28 pages. Um, but I read it, and even the fact that I knew about it, but me, but I knew about it like a long time ago when I was a little younger, but the fact that I got it now and I sat there and read it. Man, I was just like, yeah, I gotta do an episode on this, cause I was reading it and I was like, man, like the Willie Lynch syndrome is still in effect today when it comes to quote unquote black people. And I'm gonna go through some of the some of the the book. Uh, I encourage everybody to either buy the book or you can find it online i when I looked it up online when I was sharing it with other people, I found it on the final call, final call website. Um let me see if I can I don't know if I still have it in here. Yes, um let me see the website. It's on the final call, finalcall.com. And if you just uh go on Google and type in the Willie Lynch letter. And it'll pop up and look for the finalcall.com. And it was on there. But I have the book. I read it like four or five times. And the last time I read it, I went through and outlined some things that, you know, I'm going to read and bring up during the episode. So just bear with me. I'm not going to go through everything when it comes to the book. So that's why I encourage everybody to go and either buy the book or read it for yourself online. So let me go through, <clears throat> Willie Lynch, he was a, um, let me see what I say, Willie Lynch, he was a, um, he owned some slaves over in the West Indies. And he came over to um, America to speak to the slave owners that were in the South. I'm just going to go through some things that I highlighted and you know, discuss it as is. He started off by saying, I have outlined a number of differences among the slaves, and I take these differences and make them bigger. I use fear, distrust, and envy for control purposes. And the point of me going through all of this and using this as the main topic is because I feel like once I read, once I went through and read the whole thing, I feel like this is the same thing that quote unquote black people go through to this day. And they're still using this, this model to control us, to keep us in the places that we are. But it says, I have, like I said, I have outlined a number of differences among the slaves I have. And I take these differences and make them bigger. I use fear, distrust, and envy for control purposes. And, I mean, to be honest, that's that's what they're doing today for for my quote-unquote woke people (laughs) that pay attention. I mean, it's still what they're using today. But I'm just going to go through and read what he he said. So, this particular page is uh, page 8. And he says, On top of my list, on top of my list is age, but it is, but it is there only because it starts with an A. The second is color or shade. There is intelligence, size, sex, status on plantation, attitude of owners, whether the slaves live in the valley, on the hill, east, west, north, south, have fine hair, coarse hair, or is tall or short. Now that you have a list of differences, I shall give you an outline of action. But before that, I shall assure you that distrust is stronger than trust, and envy is stronger than adulteration, respect, or admiration. And you see, basically, just from that part that I read right there, that little paragraph, that he's basically using, he was talking about using a, a divide between. Black, the black slaves And which is still I feel still is being used Between quote unquote Black people to this day Back to the page He says the black slave After receiving this indoctrination Shall carry on And will become self refueling And self generating For hundreds of years Maybe thousands and when I read that part, I was like, damn, he, he wasn't wrong about that because they still using this method to this day. Back to the page. Don't forget, you must pitch the old black male versus the, black, the young black male and the young black male against the old black male. You must use the dark-skinned slaves versus the light-skinned slaves and the light-skinned slaves versus the dark-skinned slaves. You must, al- you must also have your white servants... And overseers distrust all blacks, but it is necessary that your slaves trust and depend on us. They must love, respect, and only trust us. And just that paragraph right there I mean, if you can't see that that's the same thing that's going on today, I mean, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, you know, I don't understand. I mean, not understand. I don't expect every quote-unquote black person to, to understand this or this to resonate with them, with what's going on in the world and what's been, been going on with quote-unquote black people for decades and even centuries. But, I mean, I'm just pointing this out to you. It also says, gentlemen, these kits are your keys to control. Use them. Have your wives and your children use them. Never miss an opportunity. If used intensely for one year, the slaves themselves will remain perpetually distrustful. Thank you, gentlemen. I mean, when I read that, I was just, I mean, I wasn't surprised, but I mean, I was just like, I I was shocked. But the, next, um, the page after that, page 10, that goes into Let's Make a Slave. The origin and development of a social being called, quote, the Negro, end quote. Let us make a slave. What do we need? First of all, we need a black nigger man, a pregnant nigger woman, and her baby nigger boy. Second, we will use the same basic principle that we use in breaking a horse. And this goes back to them comparing us, quote unquote, black people to animals, three fifths of a man. Combined with some more sustaining factors, we reduce them from their natural state in nature, whereas nature provides them with the natural capacity to take care of their needs and the needs of their offspring. We break that natural string of independence from them and thereby create a dependency state so that we may be able to get from them useful production for our business and pleasure. (laughs) I mean, I just don't know what to say with reading some of this stuff. I mean, it's like reading this is like to be shocked that this was this was done like several centuries ago (laughs) And it's it's basically where we still are today mentally Uh, Page 12 says Cardinal principles for making a Negro For fear that our future generations may not understand the principles of breaking horses and men We lay down the art For if we are to sustain our basic economy We must break both of the beast together The nigger and the horse we understand that short range planning in economics results in periodic economic chaos, so that to avoid turmoil, turmoil in the economy, it requires us to have breadth and depth and long range, comprehensive planning, articulating both skill and sharp perception. We lay down the following principles for long range. Comprehensive economic planning. And so Willie Lynch had foresight. He was a visionary when it came to controlling the quote-unquote black people, the quote-unquote black slaves. In that planning, he has six points that he lays out. Point number one, both horse and niggers are no good to the economy in the wild or natural state. Point number two, both must be broken and tied together for orderly production. They was basically breaking and breeding and and controlling a horse and a a black slave together. (laughs) Point number three, for orderly futures, special and particular attention must be paid to the female And the youngest offspring. And that's very important. I'm going to read that again. Number three. For orderly futures. Special and particular attention must be paid to the female and the youngest offspring. Number four. Both must be crossbred to produce a variety and visions of labor. He's talking about both the horse and the nigger slave. Number five. Both must be taught to respond to a peculiar new language Number six, last Psychologically and physically Instruction of containment must be created for both I'm going to read that again Number six Psychologically and physically Psychological and physical Instruction of containment must be created for both We hold the above six cardinals as truths to be self-evident based upon the following discourse concerning the economics of breaking and tying the horse and nigger together, all inclusive of the six principles laid down above. Note, neither principles alone will suffice for good economics. All principles must be employed for the orderly good of the nation. They would, this was when they were trying to build a nation. All principles must be employed for the orderly good of the nation. Accordingly, both a wild horse and a wild or natural nigger is dangerous even if captured. For they will have the tendency to seek their customary freedom and in doing so, Might kill you in your sleep. This was all a fear factor for them. They had to make sure that they control their slaves. Whether it be the horse or the nigger. In order to build up their economy. To build their nations and to be able to feel safe. Back to the page. You cannot rest. They sleep while you are awake and are awake while you are asleep. They are dangerous near the family house and it requires too much labor to watch them away from the house. Above all, you cannot get them to work in this natural state. Hence, both the horse and the nigger must be broken. That is, break them from one form of mental life to another. I'm going to read that sentence again. Hence, both the horse and the nigger must be broken. That is, break them from one form of mental life to another. Like I said, everything starts from the mental. And the whole concept of building their economy and, and them feeling safe was to break the mental of their slave. Next, it goes into, quote, keep the body and take the mind, end quote. Taking the mind, keep the body, but take the mind. In other words, break the will to resist. Now, the breaking process is the same for the horse and the nigger, only slightly varying in degrees. But as we said before, you must keep your eye focused on the female, And the offspring of the horse and the nigger. I'm going to read that sentence again. But as we said before, this is very important. You must keep your eye focused on the female and the offspring of the horse and the nigger. And I'm going to preface this. Even though I'm reading certain highlighted points that I've made. And I'm reading it where I point out the horse just... Even though it's important to have the horse and the nigger together for, to understand their perception of how they viewed us, just take out, be able to take out the horse aspect. Another highlighted point on this page. Pay little attention to the generation of original breaking, but concentrate on the future generations. Therefore, if you break the female, she will break the offspring in its early years of development. And when the offspring is old enough to work, she will deliver it up to you. I'm going to read that sentence again because this is so, so damn important. Therefore, if you break the female, she will break the offspring in its early years of development. And when the offspring is old enough to work, she will deliver it up to you. Another highlighted point. When it comes to breaking the uncivilized, nigger, use the same process, but vary the degree and step up the pressure so as to do a complete reversal of the mind of the mind, reversal of the mind, taking away the mental perception of freedom. Take the meanest and most ruthless, take the meanest and most restless nigger, strip him of his clothes in front of the remaining male niggers, the female and the nigger infant, tar and feather him, tie each leg to a different horse faced in opposite directions, Set him afire and beat both horses to pull him apart in front of of the remaining niggers. The next step is to take a bullwhip and beat the remaining nigger male to the point of death in front of the female and the infant. Don't kill him, but put the fear of God in him for he can be useful for future breeding. And what I found very important about that is, I mean, this is just from me, my past research and stuff, where they call it buck-breaking. They, they called the male a buck. And they used to call the breaking of him buck-breaking. And this is where they will purposely break the strongest male In the group of slaves that they had. (laughs) Excuse me. I'm so sorry about the bourbon, but if you're a a regular listener, you know it's going to happen. But even though I outlined what Willie Lynch said in this part where he talked about the tying the mail up and, you know, uh, whipping the horses to pull the nigger apart and don't kill him and stuff they had other forms of bug breaking and particular one in particular was the rape of the male they used to have um and you can find you can find this on if you go to some of the um damn what's the dude name tariq nasheed um some of his his um um oh, damn let me look it up so, I want to make sure I give y'all good information so y'all can go look. Um, Tariq Nasheed, um, his his documentaries that he has. Um, where them Jones at? um Shit, can't believe I forgot him. It's been a long day. Let me see. Um, Tariq Nasheed. Um, Tariq Nasheed, documentaries. Um... Hidden Colors. His Hidden Color documentaries, those are some, some good documentaries to go check out. Um, if you can, you can go on his website. You can buy him, support him. And there's other ways to watch him, you know, um, on a fire stick. <laughs> but yeah, check out his Hidden Color documentaries. He talks about the buck breaking and when they used to rape the male slaves and, you know, basically emasculate them, embarrass them. And make them look lesser than in front of the female and the other male slaves. And they will always depict the strongest one. You know, the one that the the slaves looked to for leadership and the ones that they revered. Um, On to the next page. It says, this is the title of this particular portion. The breaking process of the African woman. Take a sip real quick. Take the female and run a series of tests on her to see if she will submit to your desires willingly. And this way it comes to when I said that that portion of the the them breaking the female and showing more importance to the female, the female slave and the offspring. Test her in every way because she is the most important factor for good economics, for good economics. If she shows any signs of resistance in submitting completely to your will, do not hesitate to use the bullwhip on her to extract that last bit of bitch out of her. And I'm reading verbatim. Take care not to kill her, for in doing so, you spoil good economics. When in complete submission, she will train her offspring in the early years to submit to labor when they become of age. And that's why this is important, because they use the, the quote-unquote black woman as their tool to continue their experiment, their process, their means of control, their mental slavery. And they're using the black woman to bring up, by, by them putting the fear of God in, in her, They're using her to train up the offspring, whether male or female. And you'll hear more about that as I go along. And I feel like that's something that they're still using to this day. Okay. Another highlighted point that I made. Uh, We have reversed the relationships. In her natural, uncivilized state, she would have a strong dependency on the uncivilized nigger male. And she would have a limited protective dependency toward her independent male offspring and will raise female offspring to be dependent like her. I'm going to read that again. We have reversed the relationships. In her natural, uncivilized state, she would have a strong dependency on the uncivilized nigger male. Her having more of a strong bond to that strong, uncivilized, uncontrolled, unbroken nigger male, that nigger slave. And she would have a limited protective dependency toward her independent male offspring and will raise female offspring to be dependent like her. So they wanted to make sure that they broke the male in front of the female so that that female would have no trust no dependency no faith in that quote unquote black man another highlighted point by her being left alone unprotected with the male image destroyed the ordeal caused her to move from her psychological dependent state to a frozen independent state. In this frozen psychological state of independence, she will raise her male and female offspring in reverse roles. For fear of the young male's life, she will psychologically train him to be mentally weak, and dependent, but physically strong. I mean, come on now. If you can't see that this is the same thing that they're using today. The fact that you see so many male, black males in jail, incarcerated, being emasculated, whether on television, in, in any type of media roles, on social media, whatever. And then if you see society the way it is today in the quote-unquote black community, you have more black females in you know going to school getting degrees having uh better salaries making more money than the black males then you will see how it causes how the divide is caused between the black male and the female and you see this in movies you see this in television shows and stuff like that where you see the 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 woman the black woman not having um any trust in the black man to take care of the home or it's so many examples. I mean I can go on and on. Another highlighted point. Because she has become psychologically independent. She will train her female offspring to be psychologically independent as well. And if y'all can't see that this is the same thing going on, I mean, I don't know. I'm just pointing this out and this this is comes from centuries ago. <laughs> I mean they put, they put us in a position where they don't even have to really do too much to keep pushing this narrative out there, this narrative of control on us. They've trained the, the black female, the black woman so much that she's doing, to, doing the job for them. I'm going to read that again. Because she has become psychologically independent, she would train her female offspring to be psychologically independent as well. And you know we've got plenty of situations out here where you have a a black independent woman and she's making sure that she raises her her daughter up to not depend on no nigga. (laughs) I mean this is the same thing. I mean this is centuries ago but it's the same thing still going on today. Back to the book. What have you got? You've got the nigger woman out front. I'm going to read that again. You, you've got the nigger woman out front and the nigger man behind and scared. This is a perfect situation for sound sleeping economics. I mean, I'm slapping the book. I mean, I'm, if you can't see that this is the same, same tool that they use in the day, I don't know what to say to you. And I know it's a lot of black women out there that like to be independent, and there's nothing wrong with that. But to the detriment of us moving forward in the progress, and this is not me trying to put the blame on black women, because this is a mental state that both the black woman and the black man has been placed in for centuries. And this is a cycle that's been been passed on down from centuries. This is that slave mentality that they talk about. Move on to another page and I highlighted something else. By the time a nigger boy reaches the age of 16, he is soundly broken in and ready for a long life of sound and efficient work and the reprodu- reproduction of a unit of good labor force. So by the time that they break that nigger male, the strong nigger male, the uncivilized nigger male, in front of the uncivilized nigger woman, and she sees that and she loses trust and faith in, in, that, in that male, that black male. She's going to raise up her son, her offspring to have that same fear. She's passing down the fear that she has from seeing that other nigga male, that uncivilized nigga male, the leader of the family, the leader of the community. And she's passing down that fear to him. Fast Passing down the fear mentally, not physically, but mentally, because economically it's still good to have that physical labor, but they want to be able to control that mind. They want that mind to be weak. And they use this throughout our community. I mean, I don't, I read this book. A few times over the weeks, and this is just like I'm just and I'm not surprised, but I'm sitting here like, damn, you know what I'm saying? What can you do? And I'm not gonna lie, going through and reading this book and stuff, I started to lose hope. I started to lose hope for us, the quote unquote black community, making progress because once I read this book and me going back to all the stuff that I learned. That I that I've learned myself, I self-taught with our history and stuff like that, and you see certain aspects of how they've, how the people in charge, the white supremacists, uh, people who use white suprem- white supremacy, white privilege, whatever have controlled us over the decades and the centuries. This has been a, a tool that they've been using forever. This is something that they've passed down. We've passed down our mental our mental slavery and they've passed down their mental handbook <laughs> on how to keep us under control. Next thing I highlighted. Um, This starts off the Negro Marriage Unit. This way it gets a little deeper. We breed two nigger males with two nigger females. Then we take the nigger males away from them and keep them moving and working. Say the nigger female bears a nigger female and the other bears a nigger male. Both nigger females being without influence of the nigger male image. I'm going to read that again. Both nigger females being without influence of the nigger male image. Making sure that there is not a strong male presence in the home. Come on now. Making sure there's not a strong male presence in the home. And they've done this with keeping us incarcerated. With, uh, if you go back and look at how they did the welfare system back in the day when it comes to the black community. They make sure that they didn't have a black male in the home. I'm going to read it again. Both nigger females being without influence of the nigger male image, frozen with an independent psychology, will raise their offspring into reverse positions. The one with the female offspring will teach her to be like herself, independent and negotiable. Parentheses, we negotiate with her, through her, by her, and negotiate her at will. In parentheses. The one with the nigger male offspring, she being frozen with a subconscious fear for his life, will raise him to be mentally dependent and weak, but physically strong. In other words, body over mind. I'm going to read that sentence again. The one with the nigger male offspring she being frozen with a subconscious fear for his life will raise him to be mentally dependent and weak, but physically strong, in other words, body over mind. And I just feel like that's so important with how when we've seen so many situations where the the police have shot black males down in the street and I've heard so many black women that have black sons talk about the fear that they have and it will make sense that the more and more that you see these type of things and even the stuff that you see on TV with them pushing the narrative of all black men ain't shit and stuff like that and black women picking up on it and not trusting black men and stuff like that they don't want their black sons to be like the black man They want them to be different. So they're going to make them mentally weak by keeping them in a shell. And I can attest to that personally just based off of my experience. And that's why you hear a lot of times mamas, boys and how the mothers, black mothers keep their sons close and stuff like that. And they try to keep them away from their father and they don't want them to learn certain things from their father and stuff like that. And granted, some situations, that that is true because it's it's a lot of ignorant people out here on both sides, black male and black black female. Where did I leave off? Let me see. Now, in a few years when these two offspring become fertile for early reproduction, We will mate and breed them and continue the cycle. Continue the cycle. That is good, sound, and long-range comprehensive planning. I'm going to read that part again. Long-range comprehensive planning. This is something that Willie Lynch basically had a vision of. This was his vision. I, can, I mean, I can be mad at it, but I can't be mad at it. He, had, he was a visionary. His vision has been <laughs> going on for centuries. <laughs> Back to the book. Now, this paragraph, this section starts off saying, Warning, possible interloping negatives. Our experts warned us about the possibility of this phenomenon occurring. For they say that the mind has a strong drive to correct and re-correct itself over a period of time if it, if it can touch some substantial, original, historical base. And that goes back to them now wanting us to know our real history. Excuse me, what's that, Bert number five? Burp number six, sorry, I'm so sorry. But that goes back to them now wanting us to know our history. Because we even have an inch, just an inch, a taste, just a taste of our history. We will begin to go down the rabbit hole of wanting to know more. More of who we are, more of what we deserve, what our self-worth is. It'll be a bad thing for their economy. It'll be a bad thing for their safety. Back to the book. And they advised us that the best way to deal with this phenomenon is to shave off the brute's mental history and create a multiplicity of phenomenon or illusions so that each illusion will swirl in its own orbit something akin to floating balls in a vacuum. And I had to read that several times over and over again. I had to keep reading that and I had to keep processing it and to relate it to what's going on now. And what I came up with is that they want us to have the illusion of freedom. We have the right to vote. We have the right to walk around and sit in restaurants with them. We have the integration, you know, um, we have the right to work alongside of them. We have the right, the quote unquote right. I should have said that, I should have begin with that. But we have the right to own homes. We have the right to drive cars. We have right to live in the same neighborhoods as some of them. We have the right to make money. We have plenty of millionaires out here. We have a lot of celebrities out here. We have the illusion of freedom. So as long as we sit here and think that we have some sort of freedom where we can attain degrees. We can we have the possibility of the American dream. We have this possibility of becoming a millionaire. We can become a celebrity. As long as we see this, we don't see no problems. You know, we feel like we are progressing. There's an illusion of freedom. They will give us an inch, but they won't let us get too far. I mean, this is an example right here. You have all the stuff that went on with Nick Cannon. Nick Cannon As corny as some people may see him, Nick Cannon has got millions of dollars. He be making moves. I ain't mad at him. Nick Cannon started to become quote unquote woke and he started talking the things that he was talking. Soon as he crossed the line, what did they do? They emasculated him. They made him apologize. Nick Cannon shut his mouth. Think back to Martin Luther King. They, they love to praise Martin Luther King for his non-violent stance. But we, I'm not going to say we, from the people who actually sat down and went through Martin Luther King's history, by the time Martin Luther King started speaking out about economics and how we need to get past this civil rights thing, that we need to go to the economic aspect, the silver rights of everything, that's when Martin Luther King got dead. That's when they ain't like Martin Luther King no more. Before that though, when Martin Luther King was speaking the nonviolent stuff, he was invited to the White House sitting there, Lyndon Johnson, civil rights bill, all that other stuff. But as soon as Martin Luther King crossed that line, as soon as any black man with any type of power crosses a line. They make sure they put him in this place. They emasculate him or kill him. Because on the other side, you had Malcolm X. Malcolm X was speaking the rhetoric of fighting back. The Black Panther Party speaking of fighting back. Knowing your rights. Using your rights. They ain't had time for that shit. Back to the book principles of crossbreeding the nigger and the horse the purpose of which is to create a diversified division of labor and this says right here crossbreeding niggers means taking so many drops of good white blood and putting them into as many nigger women as possible varying the drops by the various tones that you want and then letting them breed with each other until the circle of colors appear as you desire. And we know countless, plenty of times that how they've conducted experiments on us and we have right here that they that Willie Lynch laid out the fact of crossbreeding and you can use this crossbreeding to to start a division between the black people. And that goes back to the light-skinned niggers versus the dark-skinned niggas. You know, if you don't have the natural light-skinned niggers and the dark-skinned niggers, make your own. You know, get your desired aspect of what you want so you can create that division. So you can see how... That crossbreeding works when it comes to the labor aspect. And you can go back to the stories of when the slave master slept with the, his slave and they had a child. Where would that child usually go? Especially if it was a female. They would go to the big house. They would work in the house. Back to the book. I mean, you can you can just pick all types of various degrees of how they use how they use this Willie Lynch letter back then and how they're still using it today. I mean, you got that going on in in other countries, Brazil and everything, where they had in Africa and everything, when they had the the light skin versus the dark skin, and they use that to their advantage. They want to divide between our community because. They don't want us to come together. But this next part is uh, titled Controlled Language. We must completely annihilate the mother tongue of both the nigger and the new mule and institute a new language that involves the new life's work of both. It leads to the heart of a people. The more a foreigner knows about the language of another country, the more he is able to move through all levels of that society. Therefore, if the foreigner is an enemy of the country, to the extent that he knows the body of the language, to that extent is the country vulnerable to attack or invasion of a foreign culture. For example, you take a slave, if you teach him all about your language, he will know all your secrets, and he is then no more a slave, for you can't fool him any longer and having a fool is one of the basic ingredients of and incidents to the making of the slavery system. Another example from the book. For example, if you told a slave that he must perform in getting out, quote, our cro- crops, end quote, and he knows the language well, he would know that, quote, our crops, end quote, didn't mean quote our end quote crops and the slavery system will break down for he would relate on the basis of what our quote our crops end quote really meant and that goes back to when um damn who was it saying when he was like um the slaves used to talk about you know um damn was it a comedian it was some i don't know if it was on a movie or what and he was talking about the slaves or whatever. And he was talking about how the slave would be like, you know, we sick balls. The balls, the slave master would be like, we, I'm sick. And then the slave would be like, we sick balls. Their mentality would be as though they attached, they wanted at the hip. They would look at, they would try to control us by thinking that we on the same level as them. They don't want us to understand that the language was even though they saying our crop or our America or our economic system or whatever. It don't really mean that. We, we are building we are building wolf for them. Everything that we're doing that's why they want us to keep our physical bodies strong and our minds weak body over mind so that we can build for them. That's what they did. They built this whole country off of our ancestors' backs. And they're still doing it to this day. They're keeping our minds weak, but making sure that our bodies remain the same. It's the same thing. And I know some people are like, damn, dude, you're getting too deep. This is too serious and all this other stuff. I just want to have a good time. Man, have a good time. But fuck that. You can have a good time and still do what's right, and we need to start coming together." I mean, it was funny because I know uh, Cardi B and uh, Meg Thee Stallion came out with their new song, uh, WAP, which is, excuse the language, wet ass pussy. But Cardi B came out and was like, why, you know, because there's been like some controversy with that um, when it comes to males and females or whatever in the rap industry. But she came out and she was like... You know, why y'all criticizing me for rapping about this stuff? You know, when I tried to rap about something different, y'all was going on me. Y'all didn't like it. Y'all didn't support it. So now I got to come back to talking this bullshit. And she even said that there's plenty of female rappers out here that's spitting knowledgeable stuff and they doing it great, but y'all won't even support them. So I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. Since y'all, you know, that's the only thing that y'all seem to support. And that's straight facts, man. We got, we, we just so caught up. And I'm saying we because I get caught up into certain, certain types of bullshit too. Nobody is over nobody. I don't care if you sitting here talking about some of your activists or whatever. Some of these people, we all full of shit when it comes down to certain things. Back to the book. Never highlighted part. Um, let me see. With our uh, so you have to be careful in setting up new language for the slave with soon being your house talking to you as man to man and that is death to our economic system. In addition the definition of words and terms are only a minute part of the process. Values are created and transported by communication through the body of the language. A total society has many interconnected value systems. All these values in the society have bridges of language to connect them for orderly working in the society. Before these language bridges, these many value systems would sharply clash and cause internal strife or civil war, the degree of the conflict being determined by the magnitude of the issues or relative opposing strength in whatever form. So that's just like everything that's going on now with all the protesting and stuff like that. Like a lot of more people are becoming quote unquote woke to the to the BS that we've gone through forever, and now people are starting to pick up on their language. The people who are in the control, the system of white supremacy, uh, white privilege, and all that. People are starting to pick up on that. So it's it's a it's a clash now. You know, it's fighting back with that back to the book. For example, if you put a slave in a hog pen and train him to live there and incorporate in him to value it as a way of life completely, the biggest problem you would have out of him is that he would worry you about provisions to keep the hog pen clean or partially clean or he might not worry you at all. On the other hand, if you put this same slave in the, ho- in the same hog pen and make a slip and incorporate them for something in his language, whereby he comes to value a, a house more than he does his hog pen, you got a problem. Quote, he will, he will soon be in your house. Exclamation points. End quote. And that was the, the end of the book. And that goes back to think about all the shit that's going on in Chicago. And just any, any poor black community. And you will see that, you know, it's hard for them people to desire anything other than what they're living in because that's all they know. That's all they know. And then the things that they do see that's different, and that's based off of things that's going on in rap music and stuff like that, they see rappers coming up talking about their their past drug life, and they see people that they... That they that they know from their neighborhood, but the people that they know from their neighborhood that's in these positions, of influence, they're still perpetuating and still pushing that narrative out there of the drug dealing, the killing, other black people, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. not respecting black women, not taking care of the home and stuff like that. I mean, and. The companies that these rappers are under are controlled by the people in charge and you I mean I don't even have to say who they are and what they look like I mean we already know i mean this this is a continuous cycle this this willie lynch thing is is still going on to this day. We still lynching willie lynch twenty twenty I'm still trying to figure out the title of this episode I mean. I've read this book a couple of times over the past weeks and I'm just floored at the fact that this shit is still going on. And I'm not going to lie, I don't, I, I'm, I, I'm losing hope in the fact that we can make progress and that things would change. I mean, I, don't, I honestly don't feel that there's no hope for me to see it in my lifetime. I'm 38 years old. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if this is going to happen in my lifetime. And honestly, like I, I, know that the only way that we can progress is through the individual homes, the black, the individual black homes. But we so caught up into these controlled states, this slave mentality, that these homes are, you know, are still being broken. And then you have a lot of stuff, like celebrities, I keep going back to celebrities because this is where our black community tends to go to. You see a lot of the BS on social media where these rappers and stuff like that going against their baby mothers and the songs that they making and stuff like that, I mean, it's like I I don't see where things would change and like Cardi B said, you have all these people supporting This aspect of the narrative, but won't support the other. You have your Kendrick Lamar, J. Cole's, and stuff like that. But you know, you just you have more of the other side than you have of the conscious side. And like you got Drake, and Drake he's half black, half Jewish or whatever, and Drake is pretty much the biggest rapper out or whatever and I'm not really a fan but you have situations like that people in and you have like the biggest celebrities and stuff like that but the biggest celebrities don't be pushing you know don't be supporting the black community for real you have like uh Drake and and I'm gonna mention this person, The Rock, Dwayne Johnson. I'm only mentioning that person because my man Littles always think that The Rock, don't, you know, really support the black community, even though he's half black or whatever. But you'll have these situations or whatever, like these biggest stars, and then you'll have like you'll have these celebrities that just totally want to have this kumbaya situation where they don't want to focus on. You know the problems with the black community. They want to focus on "kumbaya" moments or whatever, i.e., Terry Cruise and stuff like that. But yeah, I just wanted to bring this this to everybody. You know, man, pass this message on. You know, I said that I was gonna stop trying to get people to support and to pass on and stuff because I don't like ask. I don't like asking for that shit. It's gonna be what it is. If my message is gonna get out there to who is supposed to get out, but. Man, I've been podding. I've been giving some good messages, man. Pass this shit along. And I've been getting a lot of um, feedback from new people, you know, since stuff, you know, we've been quarantined and stuff like that, you know. I've been getting a lot of new listeners, people hitting me up and stuff like that, and I appreciate that. And um, I'm thankful for you, and I'm thankful for the the regular fans, and I appreciate all of y'all. Like I said on the last episode, I'm going to be having some guests soon. I'm going to be having my brother on the show soon. I'm really looking forward to that. Um, And I'm having a a mental health coach on soon uh, this month. So uh, hopefully, you know, those plans stay the same. And, you know, y'all get some good content. And I'm bringing some awareness to some things because, you know, we can have a good time. And I love to have a good time. I really love to have a good time. (laughs) But, yeah. You know what I'm saying? This is my purpose, so I gotta do what I gotta do. But um I had a clip that I was gonna play, and I just totally glossed over the damn clip because I was just in my bag, you know, I was podding. But um, let me go ahead and play this clip because I was watching I was watching uh Django. I was watching Django on Netflix last night, but here go the clip. I thought it was funny.
1: Oh Steven my boy! Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Hello my ass.
1: Who this nigga up on that
0: nail? Oh, Stephen, you have
1: nails for breakfast. What's the matter? Why you so honored? You miss me, huh? Oh, oh Yes, sir. I, I miss you like a like a hog miss flop, like a like a, a baby miss mammy titty. <laughs> I miss you like I misses a rock in my shoe. <laughs> now, I ask you, who this nigga on that nail? It's hey, Snowball. You do know my name or the name of my
0: horse? You ask me.
1: That's who the hell are you calling Snowball, horse boy? I'll snatch your black ass off that nag down here in the mud so fast. Steven, shoot. Steven, Steven, Steven. Let's keep it funny. Django here is a Freeman. This nigga here? That nigga there. Let me at least introduce the two of you. Django? This is another cheeky black bugger like yourself, Steven. Steven, this here's Django. You two oughta hate each other. Calvin, okay, just who the hell is this nigga you feels the need to entertain Django and his friend in gray here, Dr. Schultz, are customers. And they are our guests, Stephen. And you, you old decrepit bastard ought to show them every hospitality. You understand that? Yes, sir. Him, I understand, but I don't know why I got to take lip well, off this no, nigga. I don't have to know why. Do you understand? Yes, sir. I, I understand. Well, good. Let's spend a night. Go up in the guest bedroom and to get two ready. He gonna stay in the big house? Steven, he's a slaver. It's different. In the big house? Well, you got a problem with that? Oh, no, no. I ain't got no problem with it. If you ain't got no problem with burning the bed, the sheets, the pillowcases, everything else when this black-ass motherfucker's gone. Now, that is my problem. They are mine to burn. Now, your problem right now is making a good impression. And I want you to start solving that problem right now and get them goddamn rooms ready. Yes, sir, Mr. Kennedy. Go on now. You can't believe you brought a nigga to stay in the big house. Your daddy rolling over in this goddamn grave right now. And nigga in the skateboard <laughs> somewhere. Shit is that. Now! Ah!
0: <laughs> that was from Django. Of course, that was Samuel Jackson. And anybody who watched Django, y'all know that nigga was the biggest hater on the plantation. <laughs> but um, I end every episode with a song and. Usually, that song is relevant to the episode. So, this song right here is Complexion A Zulu Love by Kendrick Lamar and Rhapsody. Let's go. I'm with this complexion. Two, steps, two steps.
3: morning, son, give a fuck about your complexion, I know what the germ is done. Sneak, listen, through the back window, I'm a good nigga, I made a flower for you, out of kind, just to chill with you, you know I go the distance, you know I'm ten toes down, even if master listening, cover your ears, he bout to mention, complexion. Complexion don't mean a thing. It all feels the same. This is Ah. Uh. Dark is the midnight hour, her bright is the morning sun. Brown skinned it, but your blue eyes tell me your mama can't run. Sneak this in. Sneak me through the back window. I'm a good filled nigga. I made a flower for you out of cotton, just to chill with you. You know I go the distance. You know I'm ten toes down, even if mess are listening, I got the world attention, so I'ma say something that's vital and critical for survival of mankind. The feline color should never rival. Beauty is what you make making I used to be so mistaken by different shades of faces. Then wit told me yeah woman this woman, love the creation. It all came from God. Then you was my confirmation. I came to where you reside and looked around and seen more sights for sore eyes. Let the willie they we reverse a million times with complexion This
0: off the, the Pimble Butterfly album this is Kendrick Lamar, Complexion Ooh, complexion Two steps, two steps, It all feels the same This is
3: who I am, it's like i uh, You
1: like it, I love it You like it, I love it
2: I like it, I like it, you like it, I
0: like it, you like it, I love it. you like it, I love it, you like it. Rhapsody about to go off on this. Oh. What I don't got rhapsody at, I need you
2: to speak your mind real quick, no more Lay talk, my stew sky. Tupac, keep your head up when did you stop, huh. love and die, color your skin, color your eyes, that's the real blues baby like you met Jay's baby, uh, you blew me away, you think more beauty in blue, green and gray, on my Solomon up north, 12 years of slave, 12 years of age, thinking my shade too dark, I love myself, I no longer need you, put. Enforcing my dark side like a young George Lucas. Light don't mean you smart, being dark don't make you stupid. And frame of mind for them busters, ain't talking woo Need a paradox for the paradox, they tutored. Like two tides, LL, you lose two tons. If you don't see your beautiful and your complexion, it ain't complex to put it in context. Find an air beneath the kite, uh, That's a context, yeah baby, I'm conscious. Ain't no contest. If you like it, I love it, all your earth tones been blessed. Ain't no stress, chicken wanna be. I ain't talking Jay, I ain't talking B. I'm talking days we got school, watching movie screens. And spike your self esteem, the new James Bond gonna be black as me. Black as brown, hazelnut, cinnamon, black tea. And it's all beautiful to me. Call your brothers magnificent, call all the so sisters queens. This. We all on the same team, blues and pyrus, no colors ain't a thing.
0: Uh. <laughs> She went off on that jump. That was a Complexion by Kendrick Lamar and Rhapsody off the To Pimp the Butterfly album. Oh, man. I've been partying, man. I ain't. The way that I feel about my podcast right now, man. My fucking podcast is great. Man. And the only thing that matters is, is that I see that jump. But, I mean, <laughs> my fucking podcast is great. The fucking ideas, the topics I will be coming out with, my creativity with it, the songs I be putting with it, man, this shit, this shit is only divine and excuse the language, but yeah, I mean, I'm getting hype right now just thinking about it. My podcast is the shit. I'm sorry. <laughs> but check me out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher. Um, I'll be back on YouTube at some point um, whenever I feel like setting up the camera. I ain't feel like doing it today. <laughs> I was tired, man. I just been tired. But, yeah. Look forward to the future episodes. Hit me up on Instagram, a taste to consider podcast, uh, greatest.i.am.blog, um, website, greatest.iamblog.com. Man, um, yeah. I got some shit under my sleeve, up my sleeve, I mean trying to work on some shit and i just gotta i ain't gonna lie i be lazy sometimes but yeah i'm working on some shit so man share this podcast man because i'm on my shit right now and yeah let's go holla at y'all later